This episode of Date Night is supported by E.D. Wine Company. If you're located in the GTA, Hamilton, Kitchener, or Guelph, you need to get E.D. Wine Company in your life. Sommelier Elizabeth Davies curates four wines for you and delivers them right to your door. Each bottle comes beautifully hand-wrapped with tasting notes about what you're sipping. It's an approachable way to explore the world of wine and helps you learn a thing or two along the way. Check them out on Instagram at edwineco or go to edwine.ca to sign up for either a monthly delivery like Shane and I get, we're signed up for the whole year, or just a single wine package, whatever works best for you. When you sign up, make sure to use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 to get 10% off. Again, that's edwine.ca and ThisFamilyTree10. But Alex. Yeah, Shane? Date night must begin. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. Tonight's gonna get weird. Because Alex produced the show. And with her, you just never know. (laughs) (laughs) That worked better than our first attempt. Yeah, but it's like (laughs) way less organic. So last week, Alex's parents did a great job covering for us Amazing. while we celebrated my birthday. So we forgot whose turn it was to do the intro. So we both decided to do an improv thing off the top. Like Fred Armisen and... Kristen Wiig. <laughs> exactly Wake like Fred Armisen. On Saturday Night Live. It just as funny. But Shane, cheers, baby. So... At the beginning of every date night, every single week, Shane and I open a new bottle of wine that we have never tried that we get in our subscription from ED Wine Company, and we try to guess the tasting notes that Somali Elizabeth Davies gives us with each bottle. So tonight we are drinking Domaine Bouliat sur la Granite 2019. So Shane, take a swig. Okay. So right off the top, it says, so you can't get this one in stores. You have to get it, I guess, directly from a subscription service like ED or the the seller. But it's an organic and low intervention wine. Okay, it tastes very flat. Are all wines flat? I'm, what do you mean? I don't know. I guess I'm, anytime I see a white wine, I'm somewhat expecting it to be like champagne. Well, the last time you and I opened a white bottle, it was champagne or it was a, a sparkling wine. So this one feels extra flat for some reason. And I, I guess all wine's flat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why, but it's feeling flat. <laughs> I really like it. So Shane and I had a glass with dinner. We hadn't talked about tasting notes or anything, but we had these like, what was on the ribs? It's like habanero peppers. Habanero peppers. And then we had this chocolate tart for dessert. And the wine went beautifully, I thought, with the dinner. So I will say that. It was a good food wine. And it's a, it's a great drinking wine too. But let's take some notes. What do you, what flavors are you picking up? Nothing. No flavor. Okay, so I get a faint butter. Yes, faint butter. Yes, faint that's butter. right. So it's not super buttery. I think because for me anyway, in my palate, that's not very good yet. When I have an oaky wine, it makes the butter more buttery. But this is an oaky, okay, but it's Okay, now I'm, t- I'm tasting an apple. Okay. This apple is green and it's sliced. It's funny because now the more I think of butter, the more butter I start tasting. And I like the green apple. How do you like that I noted that Sli- it's sliced? <laughs> I like that. Get more juices. Let's see. I can taste the crunch when I sip it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'll never, I know that's... An, <laughs> I know. I definitely know that sensation. Yes. Okay. I'm going to read the tasting notes. So, Beaujolais Blanc. Yes, please. So, Shane, uh, you and I have had a couple Beaujolais bottles from our subscription here, and they've, they've been really nice. So, we haven't had a white one yet. This is not the kind of wine we usually get to see in stores. Probably because less than 1% of vines are planted with white grapes in Beaujolais, France. And what grape are we talking here? 100% Chardonnay. This wine is next level great. On the nose, explosive minerality, yogurt, yellow apple, and pear. And you said green apple. 
Well, the, no, but I'm saying that's that's good. That's really close. It's so it's very different. It than is red yellow apple. apple. Now that I think of it, seriously, <laughs> it I no, knew I it was wrong with green apple. Well, when when I read pear too, I thought definitely. No, pear. I was I was gonna say pear. Ah, oh, see mad. now I gotta retaste it after I read the notes. I'm gonna I retaste for sure it. taste the pear. I was okay, going to say that. Let's taste now. So on the nose, so smell. Do you smell yogurt? And then because she goes on to say, my first sip, I literally said, wow, out loud. The creamy yogurt is on the palate too, which gives it a nice texture. Apple, lime, and quince. The minerality persists in the form of wet stone. This wine is vibrant and fresh, but also has a nice richness to it. It could easily stand up to a decadent meal, which we totally had tonight. But hard cheese, a quiet corner, and a book would be incredible too. This wine is really rare. I hope you're enjoying trying it as much as I do. Okay, so I'm going to try it again for the yogurt. Hold on. I, I will admit this wine is growing on me. I get the yogurt now. I get that. Oh, I get and the it's, it's more than just the taste, but it is the texture of it. And Shane, when you were saying that it's really flat, it's because it, like, it tastes creamy. It tastes almost thick. Well, isn't there something with minerals going on? But she said it's, you get that creamy yogurt. I think I was talking about the explosive minerality. Yeah. Yeah, it's the minerally. Oh, but it, it's like, it, but it makes it rich. You were talking about the richness of the wine. Like if you have like a to rich. To me, the minerality flattens it. Interesting. Because for me, it's like when you said the flatten, I was thinking all texture. And that's what I get. People are really wishing for Lorna and John right about now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. I love this wine. I really love it. What do you think? I think it's time to get to the questions because I'm very excited because you've come up with the questions this week. I'm very busy with work, so you decided to take on the load. It's true. Okay, so first question, Shane. What is your favorite song, movie, and food that I introduced you to? Jeez, I can't even say the movie you introduced me to. I feel like that movie's canceled right now. What movie? I can't. I'm going to have to okay, beat it. Okay, no movie has actually been canceled yet. <laughs> Well, it might get canceled now. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I might beep it. I might not. I, I just, I'm so scared of everything. I'm just going to beep it. I'm going to beep everything don't. I say right now. All right. So Shane's beeping it, but it's a movie starring Steve and Chase and Beeping all those names. <laughs> have, to, have to beep them. Okay. So that's movie. Uh, what else? Song or Song. band. Like, you know, oh, see, music with stuff. With you, it's terrible. Every time we're on a road trip, you're like, Shane. I have to introduce you to this. And we're just listening to the worst music of all time. Like, always. Like, every song you like, I do not like. Get out of here. I feel like I've every song you. I introduce you to, you like. I've played you lots of stuff you like. I got you into Bossa Nova. Come on. Come on. That's a ridiculous statement. You did I not get I me did. into Bossa Nova. No. You, <laughs> so many times. I'm older than you, right? Six years. But it is a big difference. I find the six years we are apart mm -hmm. and the years we were born, it is a big six. Right. So there's I so agree. many things you think you're introducing me to that you're not. Okay. So I guess Grant, the Brio Brothers, Flying Brio Brothers, I knew who yeah. they were, but I like that as an album, as a, as a not listen to every song type of put in the background music album. So, yeah, Graham Parsons. Graham Parsons, yes. And I like uh, your knowledge of him. He sounds very interesting. He died very young. But what's the third thing? Uh, food. Any foods that I introduced you to? What's that cheese dip we... The, tonight oh, we burrata. Burrata, yeah. You introduced me to burrata, which I think is a great cheese. I will happily take credit for introducing somebody to burrata because that's amazing. And do you want to hear what you introduced me to that I like the best? Of course. Okay, so for movies, it was hard because you have... An incredible, like, 
when Shane and I first started dating, I was really excited that he was into film and he had a huge collection of DVDs. And then, of course, when we became married, they became my DVDs, too. And we have a whole little, like, a, a closet that's dedicated solely to DVDs. What every woman in 2021 needs. <laughs> DVDs. How else could I watch this movie? No, no other way. Honestly, though, Shane, half the movies we have, we can't get anywhere else. Like, look at us. We couldn't find our movie uh, Eight and a Half one night. And we were trying, or was it that? No, we were looking for another movie by... Um, Fellini. Oh, we were watching... Um, uh, okay, so we were trying to find La Dolce Vita online. Can't find it on any streaming site. So it's like movies like that, if you don't own, then you're just at mercy of all the streaming services. So it kind of sucks. So we have all these awesome DVDs. Well, I like having them too if you're ever going to like a cottage mm-hmm. or somewhere where there's not like a Netflix thing. And how many times have we gone like either on vacation or again camping and we've just brought a ton of DVDs and it's awesome. But I think so of all of the ones that I've watched the first time with you, two notable mentions that I didn't choose. One is Exterminating Angel, which is a Louis Bunuel movie, which is super cool. It's in Spanish. It's old. Very amazing. Another one is Magnolia. Very cool. Synecdoche, New York. So Synecdoche, New York is by Charlie Kaufman. He wrote Being John Malkovich, an adaptation, which were directed by Spike Jones. But he directed his first movie called Synecdoche, New York. Very cool, very existential. And I wasn't sure if Alex was going to be into it because <laughs> sometimes she zones out in movies, especially if we're drinking and you're dating and it's less about the movie and more about just having fun. But by the end of the movie, Alex was so sucked in, she was bawling her eyes out. And I swear that she does not know... Like, you don't know what the plot of that movie I is. I forget. But you were just like, <laughs> in that moment, it was like that movie was your life. And you were just bawling your eyes out. To, like, it had this perfect score and voiceover. Mm-hmm. And in your defense, it was one of those parts where, it, like, it just, the music is overwhelming. Well, wasn't it like a funeral scene? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is a funeral scene in it. But the funeral scene's very funny right, in that right. movie. But it's a great film. I like. I think it's Charlie Kaufman's best movie, honestly. Okay, so do you have any guess? Knowing that it's not Magnolia, it's not Synecdoche, and it is not Exterminating Angel. I think you're going to say Phantom Thread, but that's not something I introduced you to. No, we, we discovered that together. But it's Night on Earth. Oh, good call. Yeah, that's a great movie by uh, yes. Jim Jarmusch. Shane, I could watch that, honestly. I could watch that once a week and be no, happy. Just throw movie. it on in the background. So who's in it? It's Winona Ryder. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's six vignettes, mm-hmm. and it's all about just yeah this one night on Earth, and it's a, a lot of it has to do with being in a car together with someone. It's yeah. it's conversational, it's simple filmmaking, but it's also very technically perfect. And yeah, if anyone knows Jim Jarmusch, I, I never know how to say his last name right, but he's a great film director. He's very weird. It's hit and miss, but a lot of his older stuff is just so cool. Well, I haven't seen anything of his. I don't. What can, even the newer vampire movie with Tilda Swinton, I thought was awesome. Yeah, but apparently the new zombie movie is not too good. It's with, not? Because I've been dying to no. see that. With Adam Driver and Bill Murray, yeah. Apparently it's no good. With Adam Driver and Bill Murray and it's not good? Well, maybe he was just leaning on the cast too much. Wow. But yeah, who else is in this movie? It has, in Breaking Bad, who played the the very bad guy? Oh, the, I don't know his name. Herman, right? I don't know. The guy who won the chicken Yeah, place. yeah. 
yeah, Los Poyos Hermanos. Oh, his name's not Herman. It's just Los Poyos Hermanos. His name was something else. But that it's guy. He's like Giuseppe or something. Yeah. His name is Gus. And the actor's Gus. name is Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> but he is such a different type of character in yeah. this movie. And it's just... It's yeah, Night on Earth. That's a great pick. So wait, are they all cab drivers or you know? Oh, like Roberto that Benigni's in it. Yeah, this reminded me, Oscar winner. But but they're all so it's essentially six vignettes, as Shane said, of different drivers or cabbies taking people for drives, and then they get in these really amazing discussions. Yes, and it's and situations. Awesome. And- it's and they're totally different parts of the world too, which is very cool. But yeah, amazing movie, and honestly, I feel like. I could put it on as a background thing or as a hangout thing once a week and be so happy with it. And you are such a tough person to get sucked into something. You Mm -hmm. are not an easy suck in. Yeah. So anytime you're into something, I know it's got to be transcendent. Mm -hmm. No, that's a great one. And for the food. All right. So this is less of just like a dish or a type of food. And it's exactly a food from a specific place that every weekend. No. I know every weekend I wake up and I'm kind of sad that we can't go there and that we can't take the kids there for their first time. But what is when I want you to guess this? I like how everything's a guessing game with you. <laughs> Much different experience with you hosting. <laughs> but can I want you to try to guess because here's the thing. I like when you guess and if you get it wrong, I like the stories that have led you to your answer. You know what I mean? Right. So I want you to guess the one thing that we might do on weekends, one thing we might eat on weekends before we had kids, before pandemic. I think dating years. Shrimp tails? <laughs> Shane hates seafood. No, what, what would we eat on weekends? We would eat... Like this was a given basically every weekend. Mildreds? Yeah, babe, pancakes. The oh. pancakes at Mildreds. You I, I don't even like pancakes. I only like pancakes at Mildreds. They, okay, so Mildreds Mil- Temple. It's in Toronto. It's in, what's your area called? Liberty Village. Yeah. This place is insane. It's so busy. It's so hard to get a freaking table. But Shane lived like, what, 50 yards away. So it was easy for us to just kind of wake up and go in our dating years. But they have the best. What are they, like ricotta pancakes? No, I think it's just a lot of berries and whipped cream. And they're like they're like three inches high. Oh, each they pancake, do it But right. they're light. Like, we're not doing it justice. It's, it's really an excellent place. And yeah, not money stories, unfortunately. But... <laughs> No, but I would I would love to go there and I think Lucy would lose her mind there. And I think that once COVID's over, it would be such a great idea to drive up there for we get up so early. We'd be there for opening time. Like we'd be the first table, you know? Next question. What is something that you omitted in our first few dates just because you were worried that it might make you seem uncool? I think just that I'm not cool. I thought <laughs> I thought it'd be very No, maybe yeah, I think I did with you try to be cool. But sometimes it's cool to admit you're not cool. Let me think here. I was fairly open, Alex. I won't lie. I was fairly <laughs> open with you. You were very open. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and I felt like you were an open person. That's one thing. We're both over shares. Mm-hmm. So, because I have something that I feel like I wasn't, or I omitted. It's not like I like avoided or anything. It's not, you know, bad. You were trying to be much cooler than you are. That's the difference. You think? way cooler i'm not cool i'm not cool but thing is when i was there that night was i being cool i was like saying yo what's up to everybody and i was just being you saying hi to every person i knew you were for one running around with 20 dollars none of the things that i did were cool babe for one you were ignoring me 
And you thought that was a very cool thing well, to do. I wasn't trying to be cool. And I was were trying act- to make you jealous. I know. But you were actively looking around and trying to see people you knew and overly talk to them <laughs> to act like the least important thing that night was me. Shane, I, and, hadn't, I hadn't been on a date in three years. I could tell. It seemed like you had never <laughs> been on a date in your life. And the least interesting thing on this date was me. That's the way you were acting. So I had a very weird version of you on that that first date okay may i gotta interject because so you just to paint a picture for listeners okay so you had gone on many dates because you had gotten out of a a couple long-term relationships both of us both of us were kind of in that position however you had gotten out of yours i think a few months earlier than me and so you got involved with Tinder. So you were very used to going on dates. You were going on dates every single night, right? Dating 101 is pay attention to the person you're well, on the date okay, with. Well, okay, Shane, here's the thing. So I had gone from one long-term relationship to this one. I think I had only gone on like first dates with people that you didn't really know. Mm-hmm. I think in my entire life, I've only been on three dates with people that I didn't really know. Really none. So no, I don't know how to act on a date. But you were trying to act. That's the thing. <laughs> so when you're on a date, a good, I think a good way to be is to be on your best behavior. Yes. But to still inherently be yourself. Mm-hmm. And you were trying to be this person that you weren't like way more social and ignory of the person you're dating. And I didn't think it was very nice. No. And I am apologetic for that. That was the wrong route to take. Yeah, I think you like me regardless. So something worked out. I don't think it was that move, but... Something else sucked you in. Just like me with a good movie. It was honestly almost the demise of our relationship. And what I I liked about you was one-on-one time when you actually weren't, when you knew that you didn't have to pretend like you were searching around the room for someone else to talk to and you would just be yourself. So I really liked you one-on-one. I hated being in public with you though. Mm, Yeah, sorry. Wrong. You know, that's the thing. You were also older than me. So what, 26, how old were you when we started dating? 32? Yep. And I mean, I'm 32 now. That's a lot of learning. Like I have become a different person. I think you have changed a lot from 32 to 38. And that's just a lot of time. Like think of yourself when you were 26, right? I mean, you probably wouldn't have pulled that move, but still it's different. No, I, I definitely had dating. What did she need? I need to go pee pee. Okay. Are you able to go? Yeah. Help. I'm coming, Lou. All right, so I think what I omitted from you is how into fantasy genre, you know, books or TV I can get. Because it's funny since you mentioned how hard it is for me to get sucked into something. However, I find that it is so easy for me to get sucked into a good fantasy novel or TV show. What's your favorite fantasy? Harry Potter, maybe. I think that's the one that I spend most of my time with. Gross. <laughs> you can be wrong. Mm, I don't know, even know what that means. That's all right. What is that? That's one of the, the guys. The redhead? Yeah. <laughs> he's the redhead? <laughs> I think he's the cutest one. Do you like Prince Harry? Prince Harry? Uh, I I used to like William more, and then I liked Harry more. Are you a baldist? Is that why? A little. Hmm. Yeah. It's not nice. No, but uh, yeah, so Harry Potter was my first kind of brush with fantasy novels, and I 
read every novel three times. There's a couple of them I read four times, which is ridiculous. And I just, I remember, you know, going in, like waiting for the final book to come out and I'd spend so much time, I guess, I guess it was on Reddit or other, you know, forums like that looking up theories and being like, ooh, this is why Professor McGonagall is actually working for Voldemort and she's the evil one. And it was this whole thing. I did the same thing with Game of Thrones. Well, I'll say this. It was a smart move to hide that from me. <laughs> just, just listening to it right now, I'm like, oh, I wish you hid it from me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely hid that. Uh, and even though, Shane, we were married, I mean, when the Game of Thrones final couple seasons came out the last two I think and I don't think I ever told you how much time I spent on forums late at night like with my phone under the covers like looking up theories and stuff it was it's embarrassing it's embarrassing so that is what I omitted from you to seem cool do you think I'm less cool right now no because once I realized it like it's hard to put on a facade for so long but once I realized who you were I just realized you were incredibly uncool and that's what I liked about you I appreciate it. I don't coolness. <laughs> coolness, I think, is very overrated. Well, I I don't even know what coolness is really. I think coolness is only ever a fleeting thing. I don't think it's something in the traditional sense. And when you think of coolness in your brain, that's what I think it is. But I think coolness really is just a sense of self, and that's what I think coolness is. Well, I think what I look at it, coolness being in the traditional sense is being reserved and holding back your feelings yeah. and not showing your your hand. Yeah. I'm so reserved in showing my feelings for you. <laughs> okay. If you could either eat Taco Bell or McDonald's every day for the rest of your life, what would you choose? I love Taco Bell. I probably love Taco Bell. I'm ordering Taco Bell, in fact, probably right after we record this podcast. But I think McDonald's just because of sheer variety. Mm-hmm. Now you might get sick of just... You might. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if I had to eat Taco Bell every day. Wait, are you allowed to eat other foods or is it? No, 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 no. Only that thing. For... Oh, then definitely. If you're not saying McDonald's, but you're could... out of your mind. Well, because I guess Taco Bell, they must have breakfast burritos. Every Mexican food is the exact same stuff, <laughs> just with a different name. It's the same stuff. It's like Different what's the... filling. Oh, bean or what's the other filling? Well, if it's breakfast, maybe egg. Okay. <laughs> but it's all the same stuff. Well, it's just, it's, yeah, 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 I get that. So McDonald's, you could have a salad, you could have apple slices. Well, you can get eggs and you can get pancakes, you can get flapjacks. Where? McDonald's. Oh, okay. Because you were saying you could get eggs at Taco Bell. No, no, I was wondering. I don't, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. know if they So have what's your answer, you. Alex? Well, I was going to say Taco Bell, but you have uh, changed my mind, <laughs> to say the least. I first thinking, and last time alex is coming up with questions get out of here i think my questions are great okay next question if you were going to die tomorrow and had to choose somebody for me to remarry after you who would it be so you have the choice you can pick anybody and you say this person i have to marry them who is it my cousin blair okay <laughs> <laughs> i did <laughs> What? Why? One, I'd like to keep it in the family. <laughs> so I feel like somehow, like if I were to pass, I would get special privileges as a ghost to right. through family. It would be less invasive. 
And yeah, I feel like too you you would be more comfortable with somebody who shares the same genes as me. <laughs> Keeping him. And you also said you like redheads. He already has children. So he's going to be able to provide so for you. his children. You and, already have children. No, but I mean, he's he's going to be able to pull his weight for two four kids. Well, are you going to be able to pull your weight with four kids? Hell his kid, yeah. his children are are older. That's true. Wow, babe. The uh, the person I set you up with is. Um, I thought I was being generous. Why are you a British woman all the time? <laughs> you want me to marry Shannon Sossman? If I died tomorrow and I could set you up with anybody in the world, I would set you up with Shannon Sossman. I hate to break it to you, Alex. I think I'm over it. Well, okay. Don't say, uh, babe, th- it took me a long time to have the bravery and the nonchalance to actually write that okay so give me my moment here but are you still obsessed with like the person you liked in high school who is vince carter would you want to marry vince carter right now more than your cousin wow (laughs) now i'm insulted thanks thanks for ruining date night (laughs) so uh you like vince better than blair shane don't you like vince better than i thought you liked redheads (laughs) get out of here so I thought Shannon Sossman for a couple of reasons, okay? I thought, number one, initially you'd be like, wow, Alex is the best dead wife of any dead wife because she's setting up with, she's setting me up with my ultimate crush. I know zero dead wives, by the way, so. Well, of Alex course is making it seem dead. like I know this like <laughs> Rolodex of dead women. Well, nobody knows dead women if they're dead. Uh, but you know of women who were really great, who have died, who were right, wives. Right, right. Anyhow, I'm not saying ghosts. All right, that's what I thought you meant. So, uh, anyhow, I thought that that would be great for you initially, right? And you get to like live a dream for a minute, be like really cool amongst your peers. And then I thought it would be great because you know how they say like never meet your idols? Well, she would never. Do they say idols? What do they say? Idols. (laughs) Idols. Did I? What did I say? Idols. Idols? Idols. Yeah, idols. Idols. You said idols. All right. Never meet your idols. <laughs> <laughs> never say that word. And uh, then I think that the rest of your life, you just be like, oh, man, like my dream. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> my dream girl isn't nearly as good as my wife. And I just miss Alex. And then you'd be stuck with your dream girl and you'd be missing me for the rest of your life. And then it would be perfect because it was like I was generous but I'm still uh, being well, missed the, more. Yeah. Well, when I set you up with Blair, it was for a lifetime of happiness. And now it seems like <laughs> yeah, sure. you setting up with me with my crush is just to give me a lifetime of torture. That's not nice. What is this? Our first to fifth date? Get out of here. What? You know what you're doing. Okay. My next what question. What does that even mean? Well, setting me up for a lifetime of happiness, Shane. Yeah. You get my genes. Your genes. Yeah. My I'd rather gene- date your sister. I'd, truly, I'd rather marry your sister. I'd prefer to marry Tiffany. Hmm. Well, I hope Blair's not listening to this family tree right now because <laughs> that's not nice. Well, I'm just saying, like, if if I'm if the goal is to make me happy with your own genes, I choose your sister. That's not nice to Blair, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Next question. <laughs> I like how staunchly you stayed there, though. Okay, it's, the next the next question. Meatloaf famously what? said. <laughs> Who is that? 
Who is this man? I can barely say this question. Meatloaf famously said, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Shane, what wouldn't you do for me? Um, Okay, realistically, I wouldn't kill someone for you. I respect that. I wouldn't. Actually, I might kill someone for you. Not if you asked, but if they were like Mm -hmm. going to kill you, I would definitely kill them in a heartbeat. I would do most things for you. Most things. Almost everything I would do for you. But I won't do that. Okay, what won't I do? I wouldn't. Depends what the stakes are. Like well, I, w- I guess the stakes are do this or I'm gone. Okay, then I'll pretty much do anything. Yeah, see, I think what I have is... You just loved your meatloaf intro where <laughs> you didn't even think, how good is this question? You're just like, I'm going to ask it like I'm on Jeopardy and I'm Alex Trebek here. <laughs> Meatloaf famously said, (laughs) then the question's just shit. Oh, babe, I'm loving hosting, by the way. This is so fun. And uh, you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you. But the first thing that came to my mind, only because we were were kind of put in a situation where this might have been a possibility at one point in our lives. And ultimately, though, I still would have done it. But it was, I wouldn't move to LA. Because I know at one point you were considering a job in LA. This was... Like maybe a year before Lucy was born. Well, that male modeling gig was posted. <laughs> of course. So, you know, we were talking about that and we're like, okay, like what could that look like? And Me it was on a billboard, <laughs> sunglasses on the end of my nose. It was maybe a week of discussion, honestly. And, you know, we were, we were really talking about the possibility. And I really didn't want to do that. I didn't want to live in LA. I, I, I think it's a cool place to visit. I wouldn't want to live there at all. And initially that was my answer, but that's the closest thing I think it would come to. Hell-a. Hell-a. <gasps> that's the best Speaking song. Speaking of songs, yes. That's the best one. Hey, let's yes. let's take a break and listen to this song right now. This is, I think, the most timeless best song ever. Oh, it is so cool. Shane, after our recording, can we put it on outside and sip our next drink? Yes. Good. Yeah, we got three tickets to the brand van concert happening this Monday night, the Pacific Palisades. Are you gonna Okay. Okay. So here's, I almost suggest, I think we need to end the episode with that song. So when we're done everything, play that song until it's done. I think there's certain legal, I think you're allowed to play like 20 seconds of a song. So we won't be doing that. Can we play 20 seconds and be like, yo, and then play the next 20 seconds? Do we have to say the yo part? Well, hey, ho. Okay. <laughs> okay, but this all, this, I gotta say, this reminds me, I don't think I answered the song part of my very first question. Well, I think we just answered it. Yes. However, I have two different answers written down. Hit me. That is definitely one of them. I think the most monumental is White Iverson by Post Malone. That was oh, our, that's wedding our wedding song. Oh, that's our wedding song. Oh, my goodness. So I introduced Alice to this little known song at the time called White Iverson. Then it became a viral song. And by the, yeah, by the time it was viral, by the time we decided it was mm. going to be our first dance, which we're calling our wedding song. And then everyone was making fun of me for that. They're like, that's your wedding song. And I was like, they're like a one hit wonder. And I was so staunch. I was like, I guarantee you Post Malone's going to be big. 
And people laughed at me and laughed at me. And then uh, he'd come up with another song, Congratulations, which yeah. was a big hit. So they're like, okay, it's not as good as White Iverson, but it's it actually got and ended up getting more uh, downloads than White Iverson. And then he just came hit after hit after hit. Cut to me meeting. I was lucky enough, by the way. This is not by my doing. I just happened to be in a, at the MMVAs where I work. I was in a, a green room. No, I was. I actually got to interview. I was gonna say, babe. I didn't want to big it up. It's not I, just lucky. Like you worked to be in the position where you would have. Okay, I'm trying to, to be modest. Him. I'm trying Don't to be, be modest. Don't be modest. I'm trying to be modest. It ruins the story to be modest. Another podcast I'm on called Mike on Much. We had a lounge <laughs> called the M M&M and M Lounge. It was sponsored by M and M's, the chocolates. And Post Malone was contractually obligated to stop by, <laughs> and we ha- we got to interview him for five minutes. So I was so excited. I brought our wedding album and I showed him it and got him to sign our first dance. A photo where we're of us, dancing yeah. to White Iverson. Yeah, the photo of us on our first dance. And he signed it and he was like, This is cool. Um, a week later, he was in Hamilton and he sent me through his manager a video of himself giving like a shout out to me. I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was wild. Yeah. Mark DiPietro hooked that up. So. If you're listening to this family tree podcast, <laughs> and I also had another picture, a picture of you, and I got him to sign it. Yeah, so that one is signed, right? Yeah, you had dressed up like Post Malone for Halloween. Yes, and I got him to sign a photo of you dressed as Post Malone, and that was that is the picture sitting on my desk that I haven't seen in 14 months. Oh man. So if I was ever to lose my job and they were like, Shane, go to your desk and collect your things, it would literally be to grab that one photo of you dressed as Post Malone (laughs) that is signed by Post Malone. I like that people that you work with also, that's possibly how they know me, is Mm -hmm. through that photo. That's a Well, everyone always says how handsome my brother is. And I'm like, "Uh, that's my wife. And they're just confused. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) It was a good costume. Yeah. Uh, but I was at that MV- MMVA with you. Oh, you were the bartender. Yeah, I was. No, that was the year before that I was bartender. All right, yeah. But bartending with Shamar Moore, he was the big guest that year, and he was the big guest especially because he was like you know fake hitting on me and the other bartender, Lauren. Shamar Moore. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, of course. I don't think he was fake hitting on you, by the way. Oh, you think it was real hitting on? You, you think Shamar Moore was fake hitting on you? Do you know Shamar Moore? Yeah, I've seen his Instagram once yeah. or twice. Folks, if you don't know who we're talking about, if you know Shamar and then you're like, you're not knowing what we're talking about with the hitting on thing, go check out his Instagram. All you need to see is one post and I guess it'll illuminate you. Yeah, he's a great follow. So Shamar Moore was hitting on you at an MMVAs where you were bartending. Mm-hmm. And then a year later... It, w- it was stewing with me, honestly, because he was legit <laughs> hoping to be with you. I'm not but saying- he knew we were engaged. We were engaged he, only at that he point. He didn't care. He's such a ladies' man. He didn't care. He was on- You an, think? I'm being dead serious. He was willing to sleep with you that night. So a year goes by, and it started out as a joke. I'm like, ah, I'm going to call out Shamar Moore. But as it built up, I'm like, I'm going to see Shamar Moore again the next year, <laughs> and I'm going to call him out. I, so I started working out. <laughs> Leading up to it, because Shamar Moore is known for his abs. <laughs> and, and, sir, I got to say, so that first time that we met Shamar, he kept showing me and the other girl bartending his stomach. And he's like, feel it, feel it. And like the whole time he was getting interviewed by you guys, he kept asking yeah, us to feel That's his, his main move in every interview. <laughs> like he could be talking to Betty White. He'd be like, feel it, feel it. So I see him a year later 
And I'm like, hey, remember hitting on my wife? And he's like, ha Like, he's just joking around. Yeah. He's like, yeah, probably. I hit on everyone. And I'm like, let's have an ab off right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Shamar just whips his shirt off. I whip my shirt off. And then we took a photo. And obviously, he beat me. But it wasn't that far off. <clears throat> Shane, I admired your courage. Like This seems insulting now. No, 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 no. Was it For- that far off? No, but for anybody to challenge Shamar Moore, the ab man, in an ab off, you have to be courageous. Was it close? It was the same sport, okay? Next question. Go. Anyhow. Now I'm mad. (laughs) I'm kidding. It was close. No, that's very funny. And it's funny because we haven't really talked about celeb stories at all on this. And you have so many of them. But I have a couple of them with you that you obviously got us into. Okay, next question. We watch a lot of Disney movies with the kids. Is that you and I? Are you? Oh, it feels like you're asking a listener question right now. No. (laughs) Just the tonality in which you asked that. Okay. We watch a lot of Disney movies with the kids. What is your favorite and what is your least favorite? Is there a skip question option? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's skip this question. Okay, okay. What's one thing that can instantly make your day better? (sighs) Instantly make my day better. Oh, Easy, like an hour-long head tickle. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care. An hour-long head tickle, that's something I'm weirdly nostalgic for Mm. because my stepmom, Roseanne, she used to massage my head for hours on end, and she was so kind with her time. But that's a a long fix. Are there any... I See, I get that because that feels the best. It's the best thing on earth. And sitting there and just getting a long head tickle while you watch a movie or something is the best. Mm-hmm. But is there any little thing that can happen in your day that will change your mood? Like a coffee, opening up a can of whatever. You I know have what a I mean? coffee every day, so that'd be hard to change my mood. Sometimes a coffee is actually the reason my mood changes for the worst. Sounds stupid, but like if a TikTok goes viral, <laughs> <laughs> that'll change my mood. If I'm having a worse day and it's like, you just got 8 million views. I'm like... They like me. They like me. They really, somebody likes me. So, you know, no. I, I think being liked is important to me. I think that's good. And which along, is ironic. Along the same lines as you wanting to be liked, the thing that will change my mood, I think you know what it is. Can you guess? What changes my mood the quickest? And it's just like a quick thing. Sex. No, it doesn't <laughs> have to be that, that intense. Yes, that would, but a, a smaller thing. A hug. Yeah, I think if it was a hug or a kiss that I don't initiate, like if Shane comes like today, oh my gosh, this morning I came downstairs, Shane put on a Santa Claus hat and scared me. It made my morning, Wait, but did you did it in a fun way. It was like a fun scare, not a scary scare. And then we had a little nice little hug after. Did you know that I didn't know I was wearing a Santa Claus hat? Because <laughs> I'm playing with Lucy every morning. And she often likes dressing me up. So today she was obsessed with having me dress up like an elf. So she kept putting this Christmas hat on me. So when I went to surprise you with the hug, it wasn't supposed to scare you. I was just jumping out <laughs> to give you a morning hug. And you were like, ah, oh, you're dressed as a scary elf. And I'm like, oh. If, here's the thing. It worked. And it totally set my morning off great. And I was in a great mood after that. And I was feeling pretty kissy after that, too. Well, I was just going for a little hug, and you turned it into, like, a scene from Caligula. And I'm like, Alex, <laughs> it's, like, there's kids here. Well, that's the thing. A little hug or a little kiss in my day will 
it does wonders. It's amazing yes, what a little hungry does. little kiss it will does. It do. does, definitely, for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. And I know I try to force that on you sometimes and doesn't always work. But I have. Here's the thing, too, Shane. If, you, <laughs> if you're in a bad mood and I'm like, Shane, just let me let me give you a hug. OK, this isn't this isn't for me. This is for you, you know, and you like begrudgingly let me hug you for like a minute because I give long hugs. And uh, I truly in my heart of hearts. And I, I say this honestly now, I truly in my heart of hearts, I feel like even though you don't outwardly love it, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you need it. And I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes if you, even if you don't think that it worked, I feel like it does work. I'm repelling from it, but it's also something I feel safe by because someone wants to give me a hug. But if I'm ready for a hug and I'm prepared for it, I really love a hug. It's just, I have very sensitive skin. And- <laughs> Any, anywhere around like my belly area where you tend to hug, it makes me super uncomfortable. Shane is the hardest person to touch because he has belly button phobia. What's that called? It's it's too His belly button phobia. It's like omlophobia. Yeah, exactly. And then you also have me listening to your heartbeat or you listening to my heartbeat phobia. I don't like heartbeats. And it's like he doesn't like me touching his chest. So like even if I'm giving you like. Because it's near my heart, yeah. Well, you're a hard person to touch and hug. And uh, it's interesting. But I love hugging you. And I, I'm glad that deep down they might help. So you just uh, screwed yourself because I'm going to continue doing that now. Next question. What is the song that gets you on the dance floor in a jiffy? Okay. Kids by MGMT. Ooh, good one. ABC by the Jackson 5. Mm-hmm, great one. And uh, I also... Wait, what else gets me going? Oh, I love... Uh, modest mouse is float on oh so good so good and that was one of my options for aside from white iverson it's taken me an entire episode to answer this question but white iverson was number one and then modest mouse was the second thing that i love introduced me to. a lot See, of look, people are happy look, I, even, that. I even wrote it down people um, are so relieved that they've uh they gotten finally the bottom know. Of that. okay great answers mgmt you know what kids by mgmt i have to say that's one for me too i didn't you write that love down. electric feel though Oh my god. That, I feel like Electric Feel is one of my least favorite songs by MGMT. I know it's one of their top three songs, but you like it an inordinate amount, which I, I'm I'm embarrassed to admit bothers me. <laughs> but that's like your song. And I figure I think of all the MGMT songs, that would be the one to get you on the floor. Oh, one hundred percent. Over kids. Even though? just even in my head though, the ooh girl. Mm. You're dancing like a lane right now, Seinfeld. It's so good. It's I so good. T- but Time to Pretend might be my favorite song ever. It's a fantastic song. MGMT is a great band, guys. And it's taken me like um, many podcasts. I've always wanted to tell this story. Oh my gosh, do it, do reason. it. Yeah. But once I went to a, um, my friend, Matt McPeak, he was ho- having a charity, which was called The Right Foot Forward. And it was donating money to children in Africa. But we went to a convention. It was like a charity convention. I don't know what it was, but it was in this big space. And my friend Matt had a booth and where he was promoting his charity. But beside it was like a a Christian (laughs) venture. I don't know what it was, but they were blasting time to pretend. And I'm like, that's so weird because uh, the lyrics are, let's go to Paris, shoot some heroin and fuck with with the stars. stars. (laughs) Are you at the Christian convention now? But what these people did is 
they took out all the swear words and in fact they had it was largely lyricless so the song would just play and there's one part where it says yes it's overwhelming but what else can we do get jobs in offices and wake up for the morning commute so it's being like sarcastic it's saying like you get it but what these people (laughs) did is they would just play the entire song the uh lyricless version Except for it would just say, get jobs in offices and wake up for the morning commute. It would just be all these Christians excited about getting jobs in offices and waking up for the morning commute. And I just thought it was so funny. I couldn't stop laughing. It is so funny. It is so funny. Every time you say that to me, like we we talk about the story quite frequently because I guess almost every time we listen to MGMT, we think of it. Oh, it's, it's in my mind forever. It's like... It's indelibly inked in my mind (laughs) that they took out every lyric except for get jobs in offices and wake up for the morning commute as a positive thing. (laughs) Oh, it it was amazing. Well, it's especially funny now considering nobody's commuting anymore because of COVID and everybody's realizing what a time waster and money waster it is, right? So it's just, it's especially funny right now. Well, I'm sure they've augmented it to just... (laughs) Jobs in offices. Get jobs in offices. (laughs) Any guess of what song gets me on the dance floor the quickest? Electric Feel by MGMT. No, okay. I'll give you a hint. It's a hip-hop song. Uh, Biggie? No. uh, Mo Money, Mo Problems? Nope. It's not Biggie. Okay, so he is from... That's not Biggie, Mo Money, Mo Problems. He's from Louisiana. Oh, it's Nelly. Yeah, what song? St. Louis, by the way, he's from. St. Louis. St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri? St. Louis. Oh, it is Missouri. Yeah. All right. So where did you say it was? I thought Louisiana, St. Louis, Louisiana. No, it doesn't make sense. Louis, Louisiana. Do you know what song it is? Um, hot shit. Bodacious asses. Oh yeah. (laughs) What's the song called? Hot in her. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That or country grammar, but definitely hot in here. Love that song. Was I singing hot in here? I think I was singing country grammar. Bodacious asses. Wait, sorry. Good gracious, ass is bodacious, uh, flirtatious, trying to show faces, looking for the right time to flash my steam, you know, looking for the, I got, I'm getting it wrong flash already. Time, the right no, time to flash the, my what? I don't, I said it wrong, Scene. okay? I'm not a rapper. <laughs> a lot of people are uh, spitting out their drinks at that right now. <laughs> Anyhow, hot in here, it's a favorite in my heart. Shane, the final question I have for you tonight, when do you feel the most at peace? First day of vacation. Hmm. I like knowing a lot of fun and res- no responsibility is ahead of me. I would probably say, I- inversely, the time I feel the least at peace is the last day of vacation. <laughs> me too. Because the tsunami of work ahead, and sometimes you got to play catch up. So, so sometimes you got to you got to get way ahead to even go on the vacation. Which is so the last day before vacation. Mm-hmm. The day before vacation is very stressful because I have to do so much work to earn that vacation because tv doesn't sleep for anyone and that's where i work promos don't sleep for anyone Mm. and often i'm rushing to get stuff done but then knowing that even though i worked a little bit harder to earn that vacation i'm still a little bit behind so the last day of vacation grim reality is grabbing me and i know i'm about to be sucked back into a world of stress so yeah (laughs) day one of vacation i love no, that's good. I, I feel the same way about that. And I feel the same way about the last day of vacation. And, you know, I, I notoriously get very stressed on the last day of anything solely because I'm sad for the relaxation to end, not even necessarily because of what's ahead, but just because I'm sad for it to end. 
But when I am most at peace is at the cottage, sitting out on the porch, looking at the lake, either having a morning coffee or an evening drink once the kids are in bed. And we could be having a very, very busy week at work. We could be doing, you know, whatever. We could be so stressed out. And even in the midst of that stress, just having that coffee or having that drink and looking out at the lake really makes me feel nice. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the, you did a great job today, by the way. This was much better than when I host. No, Your I questions don't. questions are much better. <laughs> I was really excited to do it. No, you did a great job. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Date Night. I hope you liked it. I hope you realize that maybe Alex should do this every week instead of me because it's it's a lot of work. I get stressed out producing these episodes. So maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe we split it. Maybe we do three and three. I like that. Okay. And I like the competitive side, too, because then it will make me better. But anyway, thanks for listening to Date Night. Yeah, guys, give us a five-star rating. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>